This episode of the Clary Podcast was recorded with DT of theblackbrigade.org. Just catching up with old DT. The old Capmeister is flying out again. We'll be back next week. We'll have a bunch of different podcasts and live podcasts happening uh, over the course of that week. We'll be experimenting with live streams and the Super Chat and more ways to hurt myself out for the shekels. Hope you guys enjoy the show. The Clary Podcast is brought to you by... Uh, academiccomposition.com, go there if you don't want to write your liberal arts papers because why would you? Nobody wants to. Even the liberal arts majors don't want to write their papers. They just want to graduate with their degree and then think that they're going to be lucky and score a six-figure government job, but that's not going to happen to them either. Anyway, go to academiccomposition.com and have Alex and his crack team of writing staff write your papers for you. If you want to become a writer, contact Alex as well. He pays by the page at a fair market wage. And he also has marketing positions. We just post ads up on Craigslist. Both jobs are incredibly boring. Both jobs are not going to be rewarding. Both jobs are rewarding only in the financial sense that they pay. You could do them remotely, uh, even from a beach in Thailand. Uh, We have my Amazon affiliate program. If you shop online through Amazon, well, then why don't you go and give the captain some money? Does it cost you any more? how How can I give the captain money? And it doesn't cost me any more. All you have to do is go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Look for the Amazon banner. It's to the right. It's in the right. Don't tell me it's not there. It's there. I just checked it. Click on that banner. Do all your shopping there. And I get a 6 to 7% commission and cut for sending the traffic to Amazon.com. Doesn't cost you a penny more. <clears throat> Rattlerstrap.com. Check out Rattlerstrap.com if you're looking for a durable belt made by an entrepreneur. Uh, made with power paracord. It's what uh, they use in uh, parachutes, the cord that attaches to parachutes. He he makes belts out of those. InvisibleHandFashion.com. Born out of frustration from the inability of idiotic co-workers and a large leftist shithole to understand basic logic, InvisibleHandFashion.com serves up cold hard facts in both snarky and subtle forms on books, not books, sorry, on clothes, shirts, uh, bags, coffee mugs, that type of thing. They're a merch account. And they have a lot of cool shirts with charts and data and economics. They will certainly start a conversation that's assuming people are smart enough to look at them long enough to figure out what the heck that shirt means. Steve Jerky. Go to Facebook.com slash Steve's Jerky. If you are interested in getting some jerky, it's better than the average jerky, a lot better. Um, he's no longer selling it by the gallon. He invested in some better equipment and he now sells it in five-ounce packs. They sell for $10 a piece plus five bucks shipping. If you buy three or more, he will cover the shipping, that's facebook.com slash Steve's Jerky and businessbuyeradvantage.com. In order to get ahead and take advantage of tax laws and maximize your lifestyle, you need to be in business for yourself. It's faster, cheaper, easier, and less risky to buy an already successful business than it is to try and do a startup. Access tons of free information about how to go and buy and sell a business at businessbuyeradvantage.com. If you like what you see, you could go deeper by taking the Business Buyer Advantage online course. Use the discount code CLARY to get a special price. Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com, Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. Your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, 
Darren Clary. I'll say it. I'll write it. Fucking thing sucks. You're an IT to the... Because Firefox, which I use for multimedia purposes, specifically their extensions to download videos and edit and pull the audio off of them so I can listen to MP3s, but some other reasons, even though I hate uh, Mozilla and I'll use Brave. But has Microsoft just taken Explorer Edge and said, fuck it, we're not even going to update it or make it easy or anything like that? I haven't used Edge in a long time. That was part of the saga on my podcast of... (laughs) of it troubles and so i just ditched it i don't use firefox either but I yeah i try Com. i try to use firefox as little as possible and um but it's not compatible with google's live stream or youtube's live stream of course but, not no of course not so <laughs> i have to you and i thought these guys all being socialist dick sucking buddy buddies would all just you know get a line of dick sucking going on down in Silicon Valley. Oh, Mozilla. Are you Google? We're Mozilla. We hate capitalism and freedom as, as much as you do. Isn't that where that guy got fired from? Mozilla? <laughs> yeah. Brendan yeah. Ike. That's why I don't, that's why I use Mozilla or Firefox as little as possible. And actually he's, he's tweeted me back a couple times on, um, on the Twitters, another socialist organization. Uh, then unfortunately it's a public utility that I kind of have to use, but uh, man, I I fire up. I have a Windows Seven operating machine, and I have Microsoft Explorer, not Edge. And man, that thing just—it feels like a truck from 1973 that hasn't been fired up. And it's like, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? It's like that paperclip helper that right. nobody fucking asked for, <laughs> right. nobody fucking wanted, not in the history of America. And they must said, let's find the most annoying person of all. Microsoft say, what do, What do you think would annoy people? Like, I want to come up with that paperclip thing. And that's how well, now there's no more paperclip. They just make all the corrections for you. They just they just automatically do stuff. Oh, you wanted to spell it this way? No, you're no. not going to be able to. No, going to do it that way. You got to go into the settings and add that to the list of things and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Hey, I see in the background. Did you make that enjoy the decline thing? That is from TJ Martinell at tjmartinell.com, who I am cool. promoting. Uh, not necessarily because he has a good podcast. He does have a good podcast. It's I promote him and world-class bullshitters because these guys have hustle. Mm -hmm. They bust their asses off. They understand the concept. Hey, I'll promote you. You promote me. So they're like the exact opposite of me? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. They're totally opposite (laughs) of you. You have your your odd uh, stubbornness or stigma with making money. Um, but it goes beyond that. You were always open and receptive to like, yes, someday I would like to make money. Um, but you go to these channels and sites, typically they're younger people and like, Hey, I'd like to run ads on your site and you never hear back from them. It's, it's an issue of not even getting, you at least reject me like a good Minnesota woman. would. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't like no, no. <laughs> And I appreciate that. That gives me closure. But then when For I go, me, it was just a pain in the ass of. I don't you know, give a damn about your excuses. And and I don't give a damn about it's money. a moot. It's I can academic. understand why kids. It's, I mean, kids should want to make money. You know, if I was a kid doing something and it was, you know, fifty bucks a month, yeah, yeah. sign me up. Yep. And that's but. what I thought. I thought that you know this most highly educated generation. So when I see a rare one in uh, Martinell's thirty. Jeff, who runs world-class bullshitters, is only 29, maybe 28. All of his friends are late 20s. Maybe there's one in 30. But, man, that guy's on his fucking game. That guy, I'm like, I, 
I follow them on Twitter. I say, hey, I'd like to run ads. Within 24 hours, bam, what do you want? Let's go. Let's do. Here's the money. Here's the ad. And he runs it. And I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll promote. Not only will I promote them because it's a good show, but if you get the likes of a Martinell or a Jeff, um, I'm like, hell yeah. And then not only that, but like, hey, everybody, if you'd like to advertise, Tom Likas is the same thing. Now, of course, <clears throat> Tom is older than these guys and he's a pro and all that. But Gary Zabransky, you want you want to run ads on Tom Likas' show? By God, guess what? They want to make money. They'll get back to you. So Gary gets back to you. Uh, Terrence Pop, same thing. Terrence Pop is um, – uh, Redonkulous, you ever watch Terrence Pops? Yep. Yeah, I used yeah. I used to back in the early stages of my Red Pill Awakening. Mm-hmm. I'd watch him, and yep. now That's I'm it. reading Nietzsche. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Pop, his his uh, admin guy or IT guy, Blake, he'll get back to you, and yeah. and you got to go where they're like, yeah, we'll take your money, sure. And, well, he puts a lot of effort into his videos. I mean, they're their quality with the editing and everything. So are you saying mine aren't quality? Are you saying that uh, I did not dress up for this? <laughs> you say I put the minimum. I just hit the fucking record. Hey, fuckers. Yeah. Hey, have you ever read, speaking of uh, philosophers, have you ever read Albert Camus, the myth of Sisyphus? What I just do you read think? That. What? Now, hang on. Have you ever read? You. Let's start talking, there. It's yeah. it's hundred percent. You, he talks about, how uh, once you recognize that life is absurd, it's not about quality anymore. It's about quantity. I don't know if it's about quantity. I'll, I'll pay a good, damn good money just to have people go hang out and have good conversation. Um, yeah, but you're always, you're like, bam, bam, bam. You're on the go all the time. Bam, bam. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to fill my life with as much stuff as I can. And that's sort of what he says. But it's but it's quality. See, like writing. That's, I don't that's the write. point he makes. Yeah, is I don't ride. Is quality. Well, no, because he's wrong. If you think that, if you know that you're Greek philosopher die. is wrong, you got to look. There's <laughs> riding you know your motor. I quantity is quality. That's that's his point. Is but that the can, whole thing shifts? You can choose the quantity that you want. Like for example, riding to Iowa is not fun on a motorcycle. No, no, no. But it's quantity. Now riding to South Dakota and the West, that's more fun. That there's there's quantity and quality. So I, it has to be both. You can't just go do shit. That shit right. has to be interesting. I can't. Well, I think he's saying that if on your ride to South Dakota, you mm-hmm. stop and look at everything, rather than oh, okay, yeah, seen that. Let's go. Oh, okay, seen that. Let's go. There is there is a, a a parallel or an interest to that, uh, or something germane to it, and that is something that I've learned where. I'll go out and you'll see these vistas like you, me, and all the, my buddy, Dirty Harry, she calls us the Flatlanders, which I always thought would make a great wrestling, you know, guy. I am the Flatlander. Prepare <laughs> to be flattened by the Flatlander. And, uh, <laughs> but us Flatlanders, we've never seen mountains or personally with our eyes. So you go out there and I've been doing that for almost 15 years now, just adventuring and going out west and seeing it. And, at first, first couple of years, you're amazed. This is all new and novel. And then after a while, like anything else, it gets tiring. It gets boring. And then you're not as excited. Your passion is no longer there. And so then I start looking for other things. And now I'm starting to find value. Instead of looking at a macro vista, I'm thinking more microbiology. Not that I'm going to go grab a microscope and look, but there's beauty in small things. Absolutely, yeah. Or taking the time, like there's a town called Chamberlain, South Dakota. Atham, look this up. Guarantee you he's listening now because both you and I are in. Um, hey, you shouldn't hmm. tell people who I am. Well, you, look, <laughs> get, 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 like, get the 
look, get the broomstick out of my ass because I'm not going to start sweeping while I'm at it here, okay? I'll get to you. I'll get to you. Just let me – I just woke up. I got my freaking coffee. And the coffee's good. Mm. The coffee is good. Um, But uh, Chamberlain, South Dakota is just this town on the Missouri River, and there's really not much to the town. Uh, old, maybe 1880s type of town. Bridge goes across the river. That's the main uh, gas station and stuff. Um, the but there's Missouri a couple, river? huh? The Missouri river, the Missouri river. Yeah. Is and this you the, just, the town with that big statue outside of it? The, the, um, the big Indian statue or the big lady with the thing. Jesus. Christ. It's, it's off of the interstate. It's right off the interstate. Are, you confusing, right? this, are you confusing this with uh, North Dakota or something? Oh, there's North no Dakota, on the way to rapid city. You go, you go, you're, Try traveling across eighty. You cross the not eighty. You... No, no, ninety. Eighty or goes whatever. to Nebraska. Okay, I I ninety then. All right. And you, and right right before you cross over the river, there's this big, huge metal statue of an Indian woman called Destiny or something like that. Is it a new interpretive type of sort of? I mean, it's a it's a it's a wayside rest, and it's got the Lewis and Clark uh, little museum there. Okay, no. Lewis and Clark is North Dakota. I guarantee you that's in North Dakota. Uh, no, I'll, I'll send it to you after. It's not, okay. I just went on this trip. <laughs> it was through South Dakota. Okay. All right. Well then I, it may be removed from the, uh, I, I don't know. Chamberlain is just the town on the Missouri river where the Missouri river and interstate 90 intersect. That's yep. it. That's all it is. I've seen it. Yep. There's nothing else to say about this town. All right. So if you want to sit in this town at one of its cafes or restaurants, you can do that and overlooks the Missouri river. It's very pretty. And I could just sit there and there's a, a cafe I go to and I just sit and look and you take it in. And it's like, yeah, I've seen the Missouri river a hundred times, but have I really sat and looked at that, that outline of the Bay, you know, right. have I looked at that bridge. There's two bridges, the old bridge and the new bridge. Have I looked at the old bridge and noticed its architecture. And so instead of rushing, go, 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 go. And look at these big vistas and drive up to that mountain. Look over the valley. Okay, let's move along, which is all true, and you should do it. Uh, quantity and quality in that regard is true. But then after you get tired, like, okay, there's Glacier National Park again. There's the Grand Canyon again. In the end, it's kind of like, no, I just want to sit here and look at the details that you would not get if you're rushing and zooming by the entire time. Yeah, the water's really cool looking there too. It's yeah, really, very for blue. That part of the Missouri River, the water's really pretty looking. It's yeah, blue almost. Very blue. Yeah, yeah, very blue, very turquoise even. Right, um, right. And it's if you've never like uh, our good buddy Marcus Brown. Um, it, I remember. I bet you, and I got to ask him, but I can almost bet you a hundred dollars that if that is your first trip out west and you've never seen the mountains, that's going to be the first real vista. You'll just stop and pull over and look because you've never seen anything like it. And it's it's nothing. I remember crossing it in the eighth grade like, oh, my God, this is – oh, look, there's a mountain. You know, here I am thinking across the street um, – not Kadoka, what is it? Omacoma is the, the sister city across the river from Chamberlain. And there's like this little hill. And just because it's taller than any hill you'll see in Wisconsin <laughs> – you think it's like this, I want to climb it. Like, no, we got to keep going. I was with some stupid Christian group that like, you know, we're going to go worship God in Denver, but we're not going to look at the mountains. We got to get to church. Right. <laughs> no mountaintops for you. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh, it's so funny. But anyway, so you, you go, when you come across that intersection, it's just a vista. And I almost guarantee you, anybody who's from the east side of the country, when they get to that, they're like, we got to look at that. But you have no idea what's coming for you in the Black Hills and the Rockies right. and Wyoming. Um, 
And so, uh, yeah, but but to get to your previous point, the there's a switch, and it's it is quantity, but then there's also quality, and you have to seek it out. And now that I've done a ton of tearing up the country and riding more, I'm starting to run out of pavement. There's very few paved roads I haven't ridden in my motorcycle on out west. Um, and now it's kind of like, okay, I got to find beauty and quality and something else. And now it's the ma- micro. Now looking at something like in detail, like looking at a flower bed, which gay as that sounds, there is some beauty in some flower beds. Looking at a at a waterfall and just letting it flow for a while and smoking a cigar and relaxing. And so that's that's the. I want to see a picture of you taking a close up picture of a flower. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> With the I'll big telephone, it. the big telephoto lens, and you're like setting up the shot. <laughs> you got to enjoy the little things. The little Click. things. I got a I got a picture of a weed. I ever tell you about the picture? Have you been in my place, right? Did you ever go to the bathroom? Did I? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you yeah. notice the the nice frame picture of a weed above our toilet? I think so. I think I was confused, and I think I immediately there. put it out of my mind. There you go. Okay. All right. So I'm first time I go out hiking in the in the Badlands. The GF at the time, who was not the GF, came with me among some other people, and I'm on a mission. You know, like I want to hike across. From Sage Creek, Atham, look this up. It's on the west side, far west side of the northern unit of Badlands National Park. I want to hike all the way to the Kanata Basin Road, which is maybe just shy of 10 miles straight as the bird flies. Was this a trail or is this they, – no. they let you walk everywhere there. No, you so can walk in. I just walked right through that. Yeah. Just use your compass or whatever and go. Nope. You just you, Well, it's really hard to get lost because uh, you're, you're going down into the formations – uh, and on the ridge, which you know, is the road that right. follows the ridge. So if it's at night, you'll see car lights, oh, and you know okay. the ridge is to your north. It's over there. You just parallel that. You're fine. And during the daytime, you see the reflection. You can even see people if you get close enough to one of the lookout points. It's really – you can easily get lost in some of the southern units of the Badlands National Park, but the northern unit, you have to be a fucking moron to get lost out there. Um, it looks the same all around you, though. I mean, if does. you didn't have if you didn't have that additional info, you get turned around pretty easy. Right, right. And there's there's a couple. You know, I use the sun. I don't know about right. other people, but I'm you know, it's like, well, it's going that way. Here's where we go. Um, but the mission was okay. I want to hike the Badlands. I don't want to look at it. I want to be in it. I want to be part of it. I don't want to look and say, oh, I wonder what's out there. I want to be out there and look around. So I'm going. I'm kind of looking for fossils and rocks and different things. And the, the people I was with, including the GF, they're taking pictures of flowers and this. I'm like, guys, we have got to go. I don't, I'm not sure if I made myself clear. We got to get to this road. And then I got to get back to the car before it turns night. Because it gets really cold. <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's like I don't want to be stuck out here at night uh, not seeing things, you know, because there ain't no lights. And I don't even know if it was a full moon or not. But, like, we got to at least get to the road. So I'm going, and then I'm, they're taking pictures. So I'm thinking, like, what are they taking pictures of? This has got to be, was there a snake? Was there a big fossil? Was there a, a piece of amethyst that I didn't see? I took a picture of cactus. Exactly. Okay. Because <laughs> there's not enough of those laying around out there. So I look at this picture at the then pre-GF took, and it's just a picture of this weed. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell okay. are you fucking doing? <laughs> we, there's mountains, the formation, blue sky, dust devil. What are you doing? Taking a picture of a bleeping weed. 
No, and it, then she framed it because it was a nice week. Professionally and, framed? Actually, <laughs> uh, she did. Go take, to Michael's and get it. No, there's a frame, but no, she actually did do a lot of photography. So, I mean, it's a very nice picture of a weed. Mm, of a weed. But it's a weed, and, and I like it. So now it's sitting above our toilet, and that will be carried with us for the rest of our days. A um, metaphor above your toilet? Uh, no, no, no. But it was it was it was uh clairvoyance or it was premonition or something where okay, there was beauty in that individual weed. You look, you know, uh-huh. I'm looking at the vistas, I'm looking like, hey, I can see twenty-five miles that way to the next range, and I could see some glittering down there. I see the ranges up there where the where the peak of the mountains are, and oh I can see off in the distance, you can see the Black Hills, and she's looking at this weed and found beauty in it. And I'm like, at the time, I didn't really, and I still look at it while I'm peeing. I'm like, it's just a weed, right? Many That's of times, I, I guess <laughs> you observe it while taking a piss. Yeah, many <laughs> a times, I've, I've 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 thought about weeds while peeing. Many a times, <laughs> just kind of like don't know why, but uh, hey, so happy yeah. Earth Day. Is it Earth Day? It's Earth Day. Yeah. Fuck them. It's sort of, sort of, we've been talking about so it's sort of right in line. Right? What's that? Talking about the beauty of weeds. That relates to Earth Day. Yeah, that I spent hundreds of gallons in gas to get to. Right. Man. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't care about Earth Day. I do not care about Earth Day. What are we supposed to do? Recycle, blah, blah. Are we supposed to dim our lights? Is that what we're supposed to do? I don't know anymore. I think we've solved most of the problems and we're just creating new ones. So I wonder if, if people are starting to get taxed, like they're starting to get mentally, emotionally taxed. Well, not taxed, but they're burnt out on earth day and they're burnt out on African American history month and they're burnt out on whatever leftist fucking day, you know, Arbor day, this day, may day. Um, I'm more if the millennials are just getting too damn old. And they're like, shoot, man. Like, I got to work a job, man. And uh, they don't have the parents' money or student loan money anymore to go out and do a fucking OWS. Like, that may have been the peak, like the protest and all that. And now 10 years later, people are like, oh, well, that didn't go anywhere. Right. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't. See I hope it's petering out. It doesn't seem like it, but I hope so. Well, I didn't see anything. Well, I was going to ask you about this. You ever hear of this Coachella thing? Do you know what no. that is? Well, okay, unfortunately, and fortunately, uh, back 1997, I remember the library in Chicago where I got it. I signed up for, I was like day two when Yahoo started offering free online email. I signed up for my Irish kid account. Okay. And uh, I uh, ended up, and that was fine. It was, But now the problem is Yahoo has essentially became the People magazine, the grocery store tabloid for chicks. So when you – I was one of the first ones to have an email. They were the first company to offer free right. email. But now when you log out, you go to their homepage, and it's just rank, low IQ, right. dipshit yep. articles from fucking Jezebel. Ooh, Patricia Kirkpatrick does Patricia things, and she broke up with Johnny Johnson. Oh, I mean, it is the You people- hardly ever see Yahoo – linked on drudge or in your Facebook feed. That's right. That's how I know it's, it's out <laughs> of the barrel it, now. And it's not because of their leftist politics, although it is that, but Yahoo quote news is a fucking joke. It is the tabloid, uh, clit lit, not chick lit, clit lit, uh, 
garbage that women mm -hmm. buy. And then when you log out, my eyes are pained with daggers <laughs> to look at the, the just, I'm like, do people, is this it? This is, and half these people, not even half, 90% of the people that talking about celebrity wise, I don't know who the hell these people are. And I don't care if they broke up with Bobby Bobson or they're dating Phil Philipson. I just don't give a shit. So for about a week and a half, two weeks, it's this Coachella thing. And Coachella this and Coachella that. Oh, so-and-so is preparing for Coachella. And I'm like, what the fuck is Coachella? I thought it was like a bag, like coach. Right, yeah, yeah. And it's not. So I had to look it up. And it's some fucking music festival I've never heard of. Huh. And I know. I know because it was so fucking shoved in my ass by Yahoo, what main webpage, that I want nothing to do with it. So I looked it up, and apparently it's like, oh, it's all organic, not, not – um, it's more. It's about more than just the music, right? It's it's it's, it's like it's it's a Sundance. Yeah, it's like it's an indie Sundance. It got its founding when Pearl Jam refused to do Ticketmaster promotions, right? Yeah, or, or concerts, and then it was out in the desert, and it's at a polo club. And uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, all these. Oh man, you guys, you know, like Sundance. You know, this is not the poor people going to Sundance. This is rich, no. spoiled cunts of America both male and female uh, who have Absolutely. shitloads of money and then they want to act like they're poor and independent. And so this was like the, and then all these women, they had one article about how women are getting plastic surgery to go to Coachella. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is so far removed from what it was originally set out to be. And the fact you're jamming into my face and it's on the fucking people magazine of the internet, yahoo.com. I'm like, I hate this place. I hate it already. And so, um, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, celebrity and the Yahoo News. Oh yeah, Yahoo News. So that's that's what that's its quality and caliber. That's why I don't. It, it's I've I've often thought about getting rid of Yahoo News, or like getting going to a Gmail account or Hotmail or anything. But but all my all my emails have been there since 1997, and so I kind of gotta hold on to it. But yeah, I don't I'm, I don't like Yahoo News. Like and you don't like celebrity news. There, I did post for the first time a celebrity news story here to my profile. Yeah. About, uh, did you ever watch the show Smallville? No, Superman, Superman thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't watch, no. Well, the cute little uh, reporter character, Chloe, mm -hmm. her name's Allison Mack in real life. Mm -hmm. And she and her boyfriend, I guess, just got arrested for being in a sex cult where they would brand... The women near their vajayjays like with actually engraving, brand with engraving pens with the initial of the guy i can't remember the guy's name and then her initial too and the, i think the initials wound up spelling cram k-r-a-m and so she might be going to jail for life 15 years to life for running this for helping run this sex slave sex cult thing was it like yeah, overseas just like, or something? How, how did they, how, how do you get the, here's, that's the thing is. I, I think that, that's, that's, you know, this is sort of, it's sort of the continuation of the whole Harvey Weinstein thing that that sort of, I mean, people thought that was bad and that's just going to open up the complete degeneracy of Hollywood and all the shit that goes on. And apparently, you know, the, the, the other little hot character on Smallville was, was in the sex cult too. And, and she's the one that got, 
Allison in. So who knows what's going on? I mean, what, it's whoa. just the underbelly is just ugh. Wait, is this is this sex trafficking? Are they getting young yeah, girls? Yeah, charged with sex trafficking. But it's okay. like they, they would um, they would get these girls to come. I suppose girls that want to move up in Hollywood, you know, get get good jobs and stuff. Okay. And get them to be a part of the sex cult, and then they'd get stuff on them so that they could blackmail them into staying. Into staying. So it's all. It's sort of a. It's sort of a weird. Um, yeah, they did it. They weren't forced into it, but then they were kind of forced to stay. Sort of like a Scientology thing, like even. blackmailed or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, this cute little. I mean, she's. I mean, Smallville was like a you know sugary sweet saccharine show, you know. And, and, you know, I'm never going to be able to watch it the same way again. <laughs> my, my daughters love it. They love watching all the old shows that I, that I like that I've got DVDs for and stuff. And they just love Superman and all that. And it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, we'll tell you later what, uh, how she got into trouble. It's, uh, you're not quite ready for that yet. It's, it's like Hogan's Heroes, you know, like it's my favorite TV show of all time. But then you look at how Bob Crane kind of died in his background. You're like, ah. I don't know that story. So. Oh yeah, he was he was um this is the main guy. The uh, main guy, yeah, Bob yeah. Crane. He um he ended up getting murdered in Phoenix. I think I we drove past the, the house where he got murdered. Um and there was they even made a movie out of it. Um huh. what was it? Greg Kinnear starred as as him. There was a lot of maybe not maybe not sex cult, but he was definitely into the swinging clubs and all that kind of thing and um yeah, it just wasn't good. Well, that's what that Eyes Wide Shut movie is about, which I've never seen. Kubrick made Eyes Wide Shut with uh, Tom Cruise and his wife at the time. You'll watch anything, won't you? Yeah, well, I, no, I said I You will literally I watch, watch anything. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. But the conspiracy theory on that movie is that he was killed because he uh, revealed the whole Hollywood sex cult stuff. Oh. <clears throat> well, I wouldn't um, doubt it. It's. I mean, obviously it's going on, but I'm trying to figure out no offense to the actors and actresses of Smallville, but how are they going to promise anyone <laughs> right. access to I mean, you got to be a, a D-list celebrity actor by now, you know, like they were big you? at the time. I mean, they, this all started in like 2005, the sex cult oh, thing and okay. Smallville ran until 2011 and it was one of the biggest okay. shows on television. Really? So, okay. Yeah. So they did yeah. have some poll. Yeah. Yeah. To, uh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm, I'm sure for people trying to get their foot in the door. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, brand me, brand me, right next to my vajayjay. <laughs> and I, she would stand. According to this news article, she would stand above the women while uh-huh. they were being branded, push down on their chest, uh-huh. and say, "Feel the pain. Remember your master." And it's like, my, once you see something like that, um, you find the nearest exit. <laughs> I, I. How? I don't even want to know. I mean, I'm reading that and I'm like, I don't want to know this. I don't want to know these things are going on. I think the world sucks enough. <laughs> I know your average 22-year-old babe who wants to go to Hollywood is not that bright. I I understand that. But when does self-respect or just survivalist instincts kick in? Right. Like, you're going to do what to me where? <laughs> No, I'm out of here. And you're gonna, you're gonna. I won't, I won't be able to get a bit part in a fucking Hollywood Squares. Well, fuck that. That's not worth it. Bye. I mean, when, when do you? But I guess the the lure to be on the screen. Hell, I even, I know this one kid, kid, thirty five year old, um, living at home. I won't mention names, but I was talking to John Steele. I was on his show yesterday, and. um, 
this kid, 35, was living at home in his parents' attic, and he was going to move out to L.A. to become a, a famous blogger. And, and uh, not blogger, podcaster. And I, I immediately huh. just, yeah. <clears throat> 35, living at home, you have to move to L.A. to be a podcaster? It's like, no, you just do that from your parents' right. attic. It is, <laughs> and I guess the you remember the eighties and the eighties movies where they they propagandize L.A. to be like the coolest thing. Uh, Beverly, I do Hills like Stop. the Lethal Weapon movies. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. I mean, that was the big thing. You had to go to L.A., man. L.A. was where it was. Oh my gosh, California. And I guess people still believe it. Like if you cross that, you know, the magic dirt of L.A. or the magic dirt of Hollywood. That once you get a bit part or you're in a movie or you direct something, you're going to make millions of dollars and you're set for life. It's like, no, you don't understand. Yeah. Like so few people actually make money. Um, I know uh, one actress uh, who actually does have a, a good IMBD. Um, it's like, yeah, you're, you're like up here and then boom, you're gone the next day. Like, um, like Allison the- Mack. <laughs> like who? Like Allison Mack. I don't even know who that is. Chick. Yeah, exactly. She was right. there and then gone. <laughs> or we even had some local celebrities. Who was the famous guy? It was like from Hastings. There were two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The guy in Pearl actors. Harbor. Yeah. The guy that was in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. What's happened to him? And then Scott something. Um, he was in American Pie. He was. Uh, okay. Dukes oh, of the Hazzard. funny guy? The funny guy. Yeah. He was yeah. also in Dukes of Hazard. Where yeah, the hell is yeah. he? Right. Right. Yeah. And Jessica uh, Beale was from Minnesota, too. She's still in things, though, isn't yes. she? Yeah, she's she's had some staying power for obviously. Yeah, she's reasons. got staying power, right? But then for the remaining, literally ninety nine point nine percent of the actors and actresses, you'll be lucky if you're on a bit show, and then you're gone, and that's it. And then they all want to stay there. And man, you get you get free labor. All the people in Hollywood, it's almost like akin to major metro. You got to go to the city. You got to go to New York. You got to go to L.A. You have to go to San Francisco. Got to be where the action is, where the culture is. And these dipshit 20-somethings will just fork over not only their youth, but all their money to pay for egregious and, and, and exorbitant rent. And these people just make buku coin off of these idiot mm-hmm. kids because they got to be where they are. I got to be an uptown. Now, when, I, when I was trying to get into screenwriting, I was told, yeah, you pretty much got to go to L.A. to get your foot in the door as a screenwriter. You got to be able to meet with people in person and stuff. And yeah, that was like 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost impossible to break into Hollywood as a screenwriter. They just won't look at your stuff at all. Well, it's it's the same thing with writing. Is there's no reason to go through the old media. Right. I, I think you're much easier. You're much better taking all that money, uh, time and effort, creating an independent film on your own, pro, uh, selling it on Netflix. Hell, just put it on YouTube yep. and getting the advertising dollars there. There is no. By the time you're done dicking around, quite literally sucking dick in Hollywood. Uh, that time, effort, money—you could you could launch and bankroll your own film, and stand just as, uh, if not a higher chance of making money or, or gaining notoriety and fame doing it that way. But no, there's. They, well, that's how that uh, Juan, who did the Paranormal Activity movie, that's how he got big. Is he just did it himself? Yeah, you know. did a quality you know movie, mm-hmm. horror movie, and now he's making you know Hollywood movies all the time. So right, no, and that's that's kind of the same thing as. If if you want to get, um, <clears throat> well, it, you can see uh, what was his name, Milo. You know, just just go write your own damn books. Go do, it. and then all of a sudden, then the the uh, New York publishing houses, are, hey, we'd like to give you a contract. Like, I don't need you. Right. I don't need. I'm already popular <laughs> enough. 
Go fuck <laughs> yourself. Unless you give me like a $3 million signing bonus right up front, why the fuck would I go with you guys? You're going to give me 5 to 7% maybe, and uh, I could get 60% on Amazon. Go fuck yourself. Man. Right. Yeah. There's no uh, no real reason to go that. Yeah, way. and they come those uh, independent movies come across Amazon Prime too. I mm-hmm. I've got weird movie tastes. Imagine no, that, Clary. Really? <laughs> and so I get these weird movies coming across my you know suggested movie list all the time, and most of them are you know low budget independent movies. Mm-hmm. So you, you can get seen pretty much everywhere. You just need to find the right people to see it, and apparently the algorithms get them in front of me. So good. Yeah, we've been watching this. Um, Whatever that's. You ever hear of Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill? No. You ever hear of the movie Trinity and Trinity Still My Name? No, I don't think so. These Not guys, really. it's a it's a treasure trove. I think your kids might like it. You'd have to <clears throat> basically it, it's two Italian actors who are very fluent in English. I, I Bud Spencer, I don't even know how he doesn't even sound like he has an accent, but these guys they did they're a comedy duo from Italy, probably the most famous ones. And the most known for Trinity and Trinity is still my name, which was these comedy spaghetti Westerns. They're two brothers. They're always at each other's throats and they go through hijinks. Well, it turns out um, that's not the only movies. Glorious Carl put me onto these guys. It turns out that's not their only movies. They went on to make at least 20 more movies well into the eighties when we were kids. And some of them are, they're all low budget. Some of them are pretty schmaltzy and outright bad, but the majority of them are just very lighthearted, clever funny witty like they didn't rely on special effects right or they relied on clever guile and genuine humor and there's just some outright funny hilarious shit i mean you'll get a good three or four laughs out of each movie Hmm. and and it but it's the same script their 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 personalities are opposed to one another they they go they're they're both good guys they just don't get along but then there's an overarching evil. There's the mafia. There's a shakedown. There's a corrupt politician. And somehow uh, they get screwed over by that guy or that group of guys. And then they decide to go after them. And they're all they're really good fighters. They always fight you know, really well to take on 20 guys. Um, and, yeah, it's just – so you watch it. It's very lighthearted. And you know what it costs? Well, it's nothing probably. Zero dollars. Yeah. Zero dollars. Yeah. No cursing, no swearing, no filth, no foul. Um, just good, wholesome. So I, you know, your kids. Well, your kids are used to watching gore and violence with Freddie <laughs> exactly. Gacy. So yeah. Might might not be gross and detesting enough, to, uh, <laughs> grotesque enough to to get them excited. Well, uh, here's here's a tip for any other parents out there: is that um, swearing around your children. I I recommend it. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, I've cursed i got a bad mouth i've cursed around my kids their whole lives and i'd always say these are mommy and daddy words and put it in the kind of terms that they could understand they don't swear at all mm-hmm. they're not the, the words aren't special because mm-hmm. they've heard them their whole life right and so you remember when you were a kid it would be like when you first started swearing it's like oh i'm doing something cool or whatever you know all these different words ah and but they're not special to them at all and and i think the worst that my daughter has ever said when she when she was really little Mm-hmm. Something bad happened. She said, "Chicken Christ." That's the worst. She thought she was hearing <laughs> me saying Jesus Christ, and she thought I was saying Chicken Christ. Chicken so. Christ. <laughs> oh, I got Blessed, a buddy. Blessings on to you from Chicken Christ. Yes, yeah, I got a buddy. Same thing. He just curses. He says, "You're not using these words. You know, this isn't appropriate." And blah blah blah. And the kid, four years old, doesn't swear. Doesn't, exactly. Yeah. 
No. It's not special. No. 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 They've heard no. it's just like any other word. <laughs> I, it's it's so funny that at our age we remember, you know, like we remember what it was like being kids. And we did not forget the lessons. I don't know what happens. Like maybe once you hit 30, the the 30-year-old angel comes from from heaven and poing hits your brain and you forget all the lessons you learned as a kid. Because I know for a fact that if you want a kid to do something, you tell them they can't do it. And they will yeah. immediately go and run do it. And then right. I'm look I'm looking at people raising their kids. We don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you don't said do that, that on like, your podcast the other day, and I know I know somebody personally who hmm. who disciplines their kids like that. No, no, no we don't do that. We no, don't do that. That's not right. <laughs> and then what does a the kid do? Kid goes and runs and freaking does it. Why? Because the kid knows he owns the place. He knows he owns the place. You have to yell. You have to yell. Sorry. No. Sorry, leftists who don't have children. You can't D- tell me how to raise my kids. DT, for crying out loud, yelling takes effort and masculinity. And we know that masculinity is evil. Plus, it takes effort. You'd actually have to spank your kids. You have to make a hard decision. You'd have to be the, you have to play the bad cop. All the, everybody wants to play the good cop. Everyone wants to play the good cop. Uh-huh. And uh, I see the results of the kids now. I'm looking at them. I'm like, no, no. Uh, we, we just went to uh, the Green Mill last mm-hmm. night for dinner. Hadn't been there for a while, mm-hmm. and we were seated by the what are they? What do they call the lady that seats you? That's the, that's her job, hostess. Yeah. And uh, my kids said thank you, and mm-hmm. she told us, "I've been working here for six months, and you are the first kids that have said thank you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm just like, and so she was doing that as a compliment to us as parents. And, you know, and, and uh, a compliment to our kids. And I'm like, this doesn't say much very good about society. Though. Oh, no, I mean, no, no. You have no idea. This the time you've heard it. No, I'm God. starting to run in. I'm starting to run into nieces and nephews. And I used to let it bother me. Now I just don't show up at events. Like if, if I know there's going to be a certain, you know, is that one going to be there? Is that one going to be No, no. My life is too short because then the children own the parents. And I've seen it. Yeah, I have yeah. seen it. And then it becomes entertaining. Like I'll go in to watch the shit show because the parents are too damn lazy to, to raise their kids or discipline their kids. And just to see how the kids own the parents, like kids are right. running around. I'm not joking. I saw one time and it, it had to last at least 15 minutes. I was just watching it where the parents had to tell the kids to stop running quite literally about 50 times in uh, those 15 minutes. Right. And the kids did because no one was going to spank the kids. No one's going right. to discipline them or get, get in the way. And I ended up leaving because I was like, okay, I've had enough of the fun. But then we had, we had a table, um, just two tables over last night at the Green Mill where the, the boy was throwing a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that goes, uh, you know, that gets upset about that. But then I, I hold out the, the vague, or not the vague, but the, the slim chance that there might be actually something wrong with the kid. No. So I, I give them enough of the benefit of the doubt. But uh, I, it's probably more than likely the kid's just a brat. Yeah. And what I, again, trying to look on the silver lining of things, when I see that happen, I I may get annoyed. I'll just remove myself from the situation. or like, hey, I'll get my stuff to go or whatever. <clears throat> but then I realize the parents are in for 18 years of hell. The <laughs> yeah. parents are in. You, I think you may know my buddy that we have in common. Uh, she has a daughter now who who is uh, – straight aces straight laces and it started where she spanked her kid once yeah I think that's two and a half and three kids that's all you need to do yep. that's all you need to do and for what does it take to spank maybe maybe a calorie of energy 
maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you have to hold back. You got to make sure you're not act- – I mean, you, you can't use your full strength when you spank. That would be wrong. No. You just have to do enough to have it smart a little bit, and you never have to do it again. Right. My, my point is one – I don't think there's a higher rate of return – in the history of the world, then the one or two calories of energy it takes right. to spank a kid, make it sting, make them limp a little bit, and then you never have to tell them to brush their teeth that, 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 for the next 18 years. Right. Yeah, and, and you have a little talk with them afterwards. Whenever I've had to discipline right. my kids, you know, I'd spank them, put them on my mm-hmm. knees, spank them, and then have a little talk afterwards and say, you know, say, I didn't want to do that, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I feel like, to. yeah, I wanted to you do force, that. You <laughs> force me to do it. You force me to do it. I love you. I want you to be a, a good kid mm-hmm. and, you know, and give them a hug and a kiss. And then usually it's just fine. Right. Afterwards. And so for that, for that ounce of prevention, you've prevented tonnage, yeah. hundreds of tonnage worth of future problems. And this is where I totally disagree with <laughs> Stefan Molnu. He's very, oh, he, I, I, does he have kids? I don't know. He's got, he's got a daughter. And here's the thing that, Stefan Molnu is right. You shouldn't spank your kid. Yeah, if your kid <laughs> if your kid has an IQ of 150 and he comes from Stefan Molnu or she comes, yeah, fine. Then if, if you have, <laughs> right. right, okay, I can understand. You could probably have a, a very highly functional kid there. But your average piece of shit brat, uh, you know, yeah, they need beatings. They need frick. They need to limp. They need to limp. You just got to be able to look at them and just you know, you want to strike the fear that the words that will save you tons of calories of energy down the road is when your father gets home. <laughs> no, don't do that. That, that right the there. That's not. <laughs> I was a stay-at-home of- dad, so I couldn't say that. Well, okay, all right. But, okay. <laughs> and I'm not one of those stay-at-home to my two dads type of dads. No, so no, no. Say, it, when your father gets home, <laughs> but but that would have saved these. That's never been uttered by a millennial mother. When your father gets home, one because the millennial father doesn't have a job, probably still living with his parents, and two, the, he ain't going to do nothing. He's and gonna, the mom isn't at home to say. Your mom ain't at home to say she's it, right? working. It's like she's daycare. She's got to. You know work. what do they say in daycare? <laughs> she's got to work to raise other women's children, right? Because her children aren't important enough on her own. That's why she got a master's degree in education to raise other women's children. Fuck her own children. But well, I just I just did the math here recently mm-hmm. on um, daycare yet again. Oh, because you know, I'm working part time now and summer's coming up and you know trying to figure out what to do over the summer and and my rate right now is not good enough to justify paying for daycare you know you do the math and it's like okay you know 50 percent of my of, of my wage is going to pay for somebody else to take care of my own kids why the hell would you ever do that That's, i don't get it no 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 it's it's not you're logical again the reason why it, disproportionately this doesn't mean a guy can't raise the kids uh women have been so heavily propagandized and right. lied to that and that and they have nothing else in their life. They actually think that their career and degree is more important than anything else in the world, including themselves. And yes. so they they have to go and validate the 20, 25 years of schooling they've had since kindergarten uh, to validate their own value and worth that it's it quite literally many instances, not all, of course, you know, there are many women that go and work of real jobs. But a disproportionate number of women simply go into a career and profession to raise other women's children who are also ditching their kids off to other women right. to raise them so that they too may go raise and other women's children. And they're all paying taxes on it. And they're and all, all paying taxes. <laughs> right. All paying taxes. 30% 
surcharge to the government well, to have somebody else raise your kids. <laughs> if the hubby is also an engineer, you're not talking 30, you're talking 40 or 50%, especially if you're living in California and New York. Right. And right. I just and again, the silver lining. That guy's kid is crying and screaming, and he's begging and pleading and negotiating with a fucking three-year-old. That guy's life is hell. And you know, as much as it damages the children, as much as it raises my taxes, outsourcing your kids to be raised by strangers because you don't love your kids and you love your fucking piece of diploma paper more than you own your own damn children, you're going to be divorced or at least you're going to be miserable and your children are going to hate you and you're going to get what you deserve and you're not going to be happy in life. And I just kind of like, <sighs> yeah, I, just, I don't buy it. There's somebody on one of your uh, Facebook posts that had said, um, uh, how how do you have to have two working parents now? You just can't do it. It's theoretically possible for someone to stay home and raise the kids, mm -hmm. but it's just it, it's just impossible. You can't do it on one income anymore. And oh, I'm like, um, um, uh, how, uh, I've, I've done it. I've done it. It's about setting priorities. It's about staying in your starter home, mm -hmm. and it's about being an adult. <laughs> it's as simple as that. And and people instead think that you know taking you know expensive vacations or or whatever SUVs. i mean they're spending all kinds of money on things they don't need mm -hmm. and, and having someone else you know raise their their kids it doesn't make any sense to me at all and guys i mean the reason why i stay at home it's like when in rome do as the romans do you know i mean if, if this society is geared towards promoting women and women are going to be doing better in the workforce you know, oh, fuck pride. Just stay home and, yeah. <laughs> and take care of your kids. I, I, I get I get a hilarious kick out of how, you know, the, they are naive, truly naive, young and ignorant women. And maybe not so young where they're like, you're just intimidated by a powerful, successful woman. You know, you're intimidated by a woman that makes a lot of money or makes more money than you. I'm like, fuck, no, no. <laughs> not at all. You bring home the bacon, bitch. I'll sit home and play video games and play pickup sticks with the kids. You it's, go. it's work. It's work now, Aaron. Hey, it's work. But you know, most most <laughs> no, it is real work. I understand, but and most women they make whatever their bullshit modicum liberal arts degree. They go be teachers, assistant, reserve social workers, or whatever. But it's then you make get work basically. It's make, make work. work. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a it's a huge charity uh, industry made up for make work for women to basically feel like they didn't piss away their their time in college. Um, but you get the power broker woman who brings in a quarter million a year and makes more money than me. Not one guy, not one guy ever said, oh, dang, I don't want a woman that makes no money and buys me shit. Oh, God, no. I'm like, what you show me, show me one guy. Like every once in a while, you probably had this happen, you know, when, when we were younger. The guy be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm dating this gal. She's rich. Not one guy's, oh, man, that's too bad, uh, man. We're like, dude, let's go. <laughs> I always got to got a pool. You got a pool over there? You got a pool? Yeah, hey, you got a pool. <laughs> What's the scotch bar look like? Is it you got the top right. shelf stuff? All right, we'll be over. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. Um, I think one of the big missed opportunities of the of the economic crash was that, you know, when everybody was losing their jobs and everything, it, I was like, this is the time to say, okay, okay, somebody stay home with the kids. Oh, right? no. Oh, no. no. <laughs> and automatically, uh, employment would be at 100% and wages, wages would rise would be because wages you'd would have be half the workforce gone. It doesn't matter if it's the guy or the gal. You know, one of you stay home and the other person's wages are going to go up because it's less less supply of labor out there. And 
And everybody was writing off their bad debts at the time anyway for their homes. Yeah. So it was the perfect time to reset. And of course, nope. And we're right back at it again. Nope. They, they were too thoroughly, I, I will tip my hat, evil as the left is, they did an outstanding job of brainwashing, indoctrinating, particularly women, <clears throat> but people in general, that you have to have all this shit. Not only do women have to have careers right. and their education, and I'm, I'm for women. Yeah, by all means, please go major in engineering, STEM, whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm absolutely for that. But it was the reprioritization that they successfully brainwashed men and women to like, your children don't matter. It is your career. That is all that matters. And children are robots or sap it's a possession can... it's like a it's <laughs> yeah. like a um what's the what's the term used it's like you know like a coach bag or whatever you know it's it's it's, it's, it's a status item. symbol it's a it's status, a status symbol. symbol right yeah. and then you can ship outsource that ship it off to daycare or whatever and uh and and then that is that is life that is fun and that's that's the purpose and meaning of life is making six figures and then i wouldn't say necessarily the political left but certainly the corporate world my God, what a brilliant job they, they convinced fools that you have to buy expensive cars and live right. in a McMansion. Starter home? What the fuck is a starter home? Like, I want to buy one home and be done with it, you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> a starter home's DT's bunker. That's what that's that. Yeah. I officially live in a starter home and I've lived in it for 15 years. Yeah. And it's paid off. And, <laughs> and then, you know, and like, it's mine. Yeah. 7% sales commission every time I get a new home. Oh, Go fuck yourself. Right. Uh, yeah. I, right. I just. It's crazy how, how it is. People get roped into becoming slaves, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the, you can get out of it. It just takes, you got to be able to say no. That's the most important word. And it just takes setting priorities. And, and it's difficult. I mean, this society really is uh, relentless in trying to tell you all the things that you need. Mm-hmm. And the brainwashing works. It definitely does. Oh, it does. Yeah. But, but if you just have a historic, like if you, if you understand how things were even just 20 years ago, mm-hmm. I don't understand how anybody our age keeps chasing after that brass ring because things are so much better now um, from a materialistic standpoint than when we were kids. I mean, mm-hmm. forget about it. Being able to just turn on Netflix and watch whatever the hell you oh, want. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to buy VHS tapes, you know, and, <laughs> Rewind them before you return them. The rewinding machine, the little machine that would save your VCR. (laughs) You don't want to wear out the motor on your VCR rewinding the tapes. So you had a rewinding machine. I mean, things are so much better now. I mean, Mm -hmm. the beer is better. Everything's better and cheap. Clothes are better and cheap. Remember when like cheap clothes were actually crap? Yeah. They were crap. Yeah. They're not anymore. They're just as well made generally Mm -hmm. as the, as the good stuff. The stuff yeah. that you pay the, the premium prices for the label on. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I see that's one of the things I think is good as well is I don't sense that there's this kind of uh, um, elitism towards clothing. When we were kids, it was like, oh, you need God, your jeans and oh, you, need you had to have Cabernet, France, Farnay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you did now, I don't fight. sense that. I don't sense that now. Do you? I don't even sense no, it with my because kids, so. I think what the left has successfully done is replaced excellence even though it was a fake excellence through brand name and all that and they've replaced it with inferiority uh they've gone the complete other route and now you know it's it's who's the most disabled well i'm a black transgender i I self-identify sapiosexual whatever 
insane. I mean, look at look at who they who the most celebrated high schooler is in, in quite some time. It's that David Hogg guy. Right. You right. look at him. I'm like that guy the is victim. not. So yeah, that He's, guy is not going to protect the tribe. He's not going to yeah. defend his children. I Our mean, heroes is, are victims now. Could you imagine Hollywood? like switching from the superhero movies to a bunch of victims. Those are the heroes, you know, <laughs> just like what, what would, what would, what would the blockbuster movies look like? You know, like jaws, that, the shark wins, you know, everybody it, dies. It, it would I'm be a victim. breakfast club. Bre- all movies would be like breakfast. Club, right. There you go. Yep. Which is horrible, horrible movie. Um, or weird science, but weird science, they were losers and then they became winners. Well, that was end. funny. That was the classic eighties. Right. Oh, you're a nerd. And then you get, then you come right. back. But, no, I, I, uh, I'm glad. See, and that's the thing with more days behind me than in front of me. I am very happy to see this destruction uh, on the people who claim to know everything during our entire lives, and they they were celebrated and championed, and they knew better, and they mocked and tis tissed us, and 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 they just they just swallowed it whole. These these lemmings, they just swallowed it whole, and now I'm, you know, it's. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if a father and mother, one of them stayed home to raise their kids and better kids, better this. The only real victim was going to be the kids. Right. But in the meantime, and those kids are going to grow up to be leftist pieces of shit anyway. So I can't really feel bad. Yeah, I can't can't really feel bad about them. But I am happy being the misanthrope that I am watching the parents of today just suffer, just suffer because they arrogantly swallowed whole. And lectured and sermonized us about how they were going to do things and they knew better and that we were bad and we just didn't know what we were doing. And now it's like, okay, you won. You got what you wished for. And I just sit here and watch. Have you ever have you ever watched millennial parents? Yeah, I see it yeah. all the time. Yeah. This is why I excuse myself. I, I'm not going to that part. No, but I'm they not. act like millennial parents act like no one else has had a kid before. It's like, it's like, I don't know. It's like this attitude somehow that, that it's like no one else has ever had to deal with a screaming child or had to, you know, balance, you juggle a schedule to try to, you know, get the baby into the car to go here for Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. It's like all of us Gen Xers have been through that and we made it work. And now that millennials are doing it, it's like, it's like no one's ever done it before. And and their situation is completely unique, and you've got to understand why they're late or why they're not there or whatever. <clears throat> and and I just find it they're they're so they're such a navel gazing generation that they think that all of their experiences are new or what they think is new or what they're going through is new know. or something I, like I that. Don't even, I know that's that's given them whole lives. I don't know. It's weird. No, no, no. I I think what it is is they they want to feel good about themselves. And they want to think that they are, they know more than the 2 million years of human yes. evolution. And yeah. so, for, oh, man, if I had a nickel for every time, oh, I read this on a website. Right. <laughs> why don't you talk to your fucking mom and ask her what she thinks? She might have raised some people. I don't know if you're aware of that. She has experience in that. Oh, well, I saw this on, the, uh, you know, Dr. Spock or so-and-so wrote this on that other website. It's like, why don't you ask your dad, you know, uh, and I know we kind of disproportionately slam on women in these spheres, but my God, the absenteeism of fathers, not because they're not physically there, but worse, they're physically there, but they have mentally checked out or they right. simply don't have the balls to be exactly. a father. And, right. and that's They don't wear the pants at all. No, they don't wear the pants at all. And so you got these theoreticians, you know, 
No different than the feminists of the 60s and 70s coming and say, we know better than two million years of human evolution. Right. And, and it's we're like, going to do better. We're, we're going to do we're better. I'm like, perfect and, in this and do it exactly how it should have been. Should right. have been done forever. And you might get angry when they're doing this to your face, but all you got to do is step back and wait. Yeah. And I almost guarantee you the fate of the millennial parents who threw away wisdom and guidance and, and advice from the parents, <clears throat> it's going to be the same outcome as 1960s feminists. Have you seen these gals? Have the you seen? No, no, 60s feminists. Oh, the right. Gloria Stein. Now, a lot of them are dead, but they are a miserable lot. I mean, well, when I you, Gloria Steinem married some rich guy, some alpha rich guy. Oh, uh, well, well, sort of. One of them. One of them managed to say, "Ah, well, I actually like a strong man." <laughs> oh, okay. Well, take your average women's studies professor who is now in her fifties or sixties. Do you see happiness? Do you see success? Do you see no. contentment? It's just, just a bitter old ugly woman that pissed away your life and it's over for them. And I look, you know, at the millennials now raising kids and it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? This is not going to turn out well. This is not going to. And I, I would have felt bad for you if there was some respect or some logic or some honoring time tested wisdom, but instead you, and there's a political component to this. You had a political religion, not ideology or religion. Right. And you want to follow that and you want to be better because you thought the, you, 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 the, the hubris and arrogance of youth. Well, that's fine if you, I'm, I'm going to go off this jump with my BMX bike that's a little bit larger than I should. I'm okay, you maybe you get a broken leg and you learn. But when you make decisions like having kids and you're yeah, not going to rate they got a baby Bjorn on that BMX bike jumping over the yeah. jumping over the hill. <laughs> Way bigger consequences. And I just said, no, no, I just like running around. It was it was almost they like sacrificed the- their kids on the the altar of their religion. And it just right. that's I if there's one I'm a misanthrope too, but I'm not a misanthrope towards kids. I don't I don't mm. think I think in the rare exceptions there are kids that are born bad. But I, I think that's very rare. I think, you know, there might be something wrong chemically in their brain. Mentally, or genuinely, whatever. yes. Yeah, but, right. but kids are not born bad. This whole idea of original sin and all that kind of shit. No, that, no, they're not. Like well, we they, said, you got to spank them once. Right. Got, they're just testing boundaries. That's all they're doing. Like any, any human would. They test oh, to yeah. see what they can get away with. Okay, they're not born with. bad. There's no, the, there's no stain of original sin. There's nothing yeah. like that. They're... And even Jesus said uh, something about the kids, you know, do not suffer the little ch- children or something like that. Better mm-hmm. to better to kill yourself, basically, than to ruin a kid. That's yeah, what I Jesus could. said. He well, said that... millstone around your neck and toss yourself into the ocean or whatever the hell he said than to abuse a kid. And right. th- this society just is totally sacrificing children on this yeah. altar that the, they the... created themselves. And, it, and it's maddening to me. The, the most extreme example is the occasional kid won't that we're not going to feed our kid protein because they love their veganism more than they do their See, own. I, I, I've got one of those in my family. Yeah. And I just look at the poor kid and it's just like, he's a skeleton mm-hmm. and he's got no testosterone. Right. You know, cause he's, he's a, so a, literally someone raised on soy. Mm-hmm. I mean, from, from a very early age. And it's just sad. And it and that is child abuse as far as it I'm concerned. Child. It's it's almost better if the kid were to die. You know, it's like, okay, at least you didn't grow up under this this complete mental hellhole uh of parents who love their their ideology and their laziness more than they do their own damn kids. Uh but well, hopefully yeah. they when they get out of the house, they're able to, you know, eat some bacon. 
<laughs> have but some it's, steak, it's, you know, not just, and, get, it's not, and get out of it. <laughs> I wish it was that simple. Like, oh, just go eat some bacon. Now he's a normal, regular guy, and he's boxing in a weight <laughs> it's a class. Start. It's a and start, he, anyways. He's very smooth with the ladies. No, you can't. I don't think by the time <laughs> you're in a boot camp, yeah. <laughs> well, the military would hopefully set you straight. Yeah. But, man, the recovery, if, if you don't have a stable nuclear family with a masculine father and a feminine mother, and heaven help you if politics or religion gets into it where then right. you skew the upbringing of the child. You're not recovering from that. It takes decades because you got to deprogram all the bullshit yeah. your parents taught you. You got to deprogram all the crap. Uh, and then you got to reprogram. And where's where's the guidance? There's not like you graduate from 18 and then, hey, there's this right. older yeah. brother. There is at assholeconsulting.com. But the it's kids the same. are fucked. They're it's fucked. The- it's amazing that these leftists are basically doing the same thing that they accuse the Christian right of doing, right? Well, you're raising your kids in this, in the, in this religion, in this Christian mm-hmm. religion and, and brainwashing them and programming them to believe all these things. Mm-hmm. And, and well, you are a preacher's kid, right? Right. Right. And, and so it took you some time to deprogram from that, right? Decades, yes. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same mm-hmm. fucking thing when you bring them up in this leftist religion. It's the same exact thing that they're doing to their kids mm-hmm. that they that they condemn Christian parents for doing. You're all wrong <laughs> in my world. I mean, you're all wrong. And, it, and it's sad. You don't even need to bring religion or politics into it. It's do you love your kids, yes or no? Because like once you have kids, they're the number one thing in your life. Absolutely I've never be. had it, but that's how it should be. And if you love your religion because you love yourself more than anything else, let's be very clear. The yep. vast majority of people's religions, whether it's an actual religion or a, a political one or, or a uh, activist type one, you chose that religion because you're a lazy fuck. You didn't want to work hard and genuinely accomplish something in life. And you're like, oh, I'm team A and I believe in this. And I want to get into heaven. I want to get into heaven or I want to feel good about the whales. I don't want to hurt no animals, you know. I'll hurt my kid, but I won't want to hurt no animals. Right. Uh, it, that's that's evil. It's just evil, and it's all born out of laziness and 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 arrogance and egotism and and yeah, the kids just just suffer along the way. It's just like, oh well, that's uh, what you're gonna do. Well, that's where history, you know, if you learn history, you, you can <laughs> you can see the pattern, and you can see how people always try to, you know think that there there's certain generations that think that they're better than, you know, all the years of human history that came before them and they're going to do it different and they're going to do it right. Mm-hmm. And they're going to set humanity on a different course. And uh, no, sorry, people are yeah. people. <laughs> also, don't try that. So did right, stop. Exactly. So did Pol Pot. <laughs> right. Anyway, let's, let's get real quick here. Cause it's the weekend. It's beautiful. I got to get my motorcycles out. Exactly. So um, you, uh, are you off to New Zealand or what? What's the deal now with you and you and the DT? No, well, we're still trying to figure out um, what we're going to do, where we're going to be. And like you said, the weather's nice today, which it's been just horrible this year. I mm-hmm. mean, and, and um, for you, well, yeah, you, you managed to escape some of it. You came back for, for a nice little uh, nice cherry little on top yeah. of the day yeah. there. Biggest snowstorm in April ever. And, you know, and, and, um, is it going to make a difference in the whole global warming nonsense? No, it's not going to make a difference. It's not, you know, I'm still going to have to hear about how my personal decisions are, are uh, hurting the planet. Right. Right. And right. so if, 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 if I can't make a difference on these larger things, which I've come to accept, mm-hmm. it's like, can I at least be warm? 
Can I at least, I mean, the older you get, I think you, when you're young and you've got hope, you kind of think you can change the world. You think that you're, you know, you, you feel like I've got my whole life ahead of me and I'm going to make a difference. And then you try and you try and you try some more and you fail and you fail and you fail some more. And you see, um, I think the big thing for me is just, is just the blue wave that's probably coming mm. with this two years of constant onslaught and attack on Trump mm. and propaganda and just the mainstream media with Russia, 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 mm. and now Stormy Daniels, Stormy Daniels, Stormy Daniels. If that works, yeah, we're fucked. Yeah. We're done. If that yeah. works on the on the people of this country, we're screwed. And so can I at least be warm? Can I at least just be in an area of like-minded people? I mean, Minnesota <laughs> is not a good place for for people Anyone on the right to live. I mean, it's, it's a basically a socialist state. And so, um, the, the whole overseas thing, it's like, yeah, I fully recognize that, that New Zealand is sort of a socialist country, Mm -hmm. but if, if America decides to go that way, there's nothing special about America. Then there's all kinds of places where we can live and have the same rights as other, you know, as America might soon have, if we get rid of the second amendment, if we get rid of the right to free speech, um, if, if, the, if the people of this country decide that that's reasonable and that then America is not special anymore, it's right. not, it's not a place where you feel like, man, this is the best, you know, as far as freedom is concerned, this is the best place on earth to live. And, mm-hmm. and people like us, we don't have any options. America's it. That's, that's it. That's the only option we've got. And it seems to be going away. And so at least I'm, I'm open to the idea of, of My speeches. Uh, Yes. <laughs> yeah. Say, hey, at least they got nice beaches. No, I, I completely agree. I, and, and, you know, just be- beautiful country. Um, the people are great. Um, but there's Rapid City, South Dakota, too. So we don't know exactly what we're going to do yet. Um, but but I think it's important to understand that your options are open. I heard somebody say the other day we were complaining about the weather and, and he's like, I don't know why we complain about it. There's nothing we can do about it. And it's like, yeah, there's something you can do about it. You can move. You can move. <laughs> you can freaking move. Well, you don't have to live here. <laughs> that's why I spent winter down in Vegas. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sick and tired of the, like when you walk out and just bracing for that biting cold and you got to run to your car and get into it. And Vegas, like a couple times I found myself like, <laughs> and I open up the door. I'm like, Oh, I got to take off my sweatshirt. It's too hot out here. (laughs) Yeah, no. So you guys are just keeping your options open depending on how Mrs. DT does uh, with the career and all that. Okay. Another option is, um, and see, when you own your house outright, Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of options. Mm -hmm. Your your options are unlimited. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also consider, you know, working six months a year and not working the remainder of the year. You know, maybe we work up here during the nice you know, summer, fall months, yeah. and then move someplace else down south or wherever. Yeah, show off the, the water main and yeah, it, do like yeah. what the snowbirds do. Mm-hmm. Except you know we're in the prime of our life basically. So so why wait to do that kind of stuff? I mean, it's just if you can get yourself into a situation where you can call your own shots, you've got the freedom to make these these decisions. And even if we decide to basically sell everything we own and and get the hell out of here. Um, you know, that, that, that might work for a while and then you just come back. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just once, if you've got your shit together, you can take those kind of quote risks. I mean, you, if you're not tied down by a mortgage, if you're not tied down by debt or whatever, you can, you can make those decisions 
for yourself and for your family. And but but DT, every Minnesota person I hear like, but then our children will miss their friends and we'll have to take <laughs> them out of this. They make it seem like you're going to keep your friends in the third grade forever. Like this is a critical. That was the other thing. Like, well, they're going to school. They got a really nice school yeah. there, and I'm like. Fuck school. All school sucks. I don't know anyone. I don't keep in contact with anyone from high school, let alone the fifth grade. Right. And and uh, and, and that that has come up in this decision. Mm-hmm. I mean, my kids, this is the only home they've ever known. And mm-hmm. they've got friends and everything. But the reality is, if you move into the city, you know, one city over, two cities over, it's based up for your kids. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same as moving to New Zealand. It's the same thing. Yeah, no, it's going to a different school. They're going to make different friends. It's a whole different environment. Mm -hmm. You know, even though it's only, you know, 20 miles away in in one instance and thousands of miles away in another. Right. um, It's basically the same on them. And so, I mean, if that's the reasoning behind it, um, you can't move at all. You've got no options. Basically, where you decide to start having your family, you're stuck there. Yeah. So, and I don't think anybody, if anybody, if that was the reality of the decision, I don't think anybody would have kids. They wouldn't, you know, if you have kids, you've got to stay in this spot forever. I don't think, I mean, people would go, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to well, be that's, tied that's down a, like that. That's effectively what they do anyway. I mean, I, it basically the overall arching theme of this is how kids control their parents and not vice versa in our conversation. But that's another thing, you know, like you're going to let your kid ruin your life because you can't discipline them. And you're also not going to like, I mean, the school I've never seen that were I've never understood it where, Oh, we have to stay in this school district, even though they're jacking up right. the property taxes on right. us. And then the other thing is the personal chauffeur where they're shipping their kids to this thing and that activity and that activity. I, I'm just like, no, like I'd be like school is for education. Uh, and uh, it doesn't matter where it's a commodity. It's right. fungible. We're going to go here now because it's better for the family. And by it- God, you're going to do what I fucking tell you because I'm your father. And you know, <laughs> It's interesting how I think, I think when you get to a certain age, it's then the parents that can, that control like our family is here. Right. And with these, with this winter and the, you know, <laughs> it's like, um, why did you stay here? <laughs> if now I have to stay here to be close to family you should have done me a favor a long time ago and got the hell out of here. What what the what were you thinking? You know? And it's sort of like it's it's breaking the chain. It's stopping the cycle, you know. The cycle of 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 suffering. Basically in Minnesota, if you don't like to ski or snowmobile or ice fish and, yeah, and some of those things I like to do, but it's not like my life's passion. I'm sort of like you. I like to go hiking and and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not into those things, there is no reason to be here. Half of your year is winter half of it is staying inside and then in the summer there's probably at least a month where you're stuck inside in the summer because we get really hot summers too yeah, and you just you just don't have um when you, when you do the math like i keep saying when you do the math the percent of percentage of your life where you're actually enjoying being outside you're enjoying the weather is so so small in minnesota it's it's infinitely small and um yeah, I just I feel like, you know, if I can't if if Minnesota's the way it is politically and and um this country's kind of going the way that it is politically, mm-hmm. can I at least be warm and be around people that think like me? And right. so that's it. you know, it'd be great if I could be around people that think like me and but but uh 
that's not going to happen. Well, there's some places in America left, right, but right. um, but there's no beautiful places. It seems like there's no like astonishingly beautiful places like California that have great weather. You know, it's like all the great weather places are just infected with leftists. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I mean, if America becomes that, then all, all those places become feasible, I guess. I mean, if wherever you go, you're yeah, going to be around well, people that aren't well, like you. You might as well be warm. Might as well be warm and hated. No, it's it's kind of like I've always said. Minnes- living in Minnesota is like dating a fat chick with attitude. It's like yes. you're ugly, you're hideous, <laughs> but you think you're hot. So right. Fuck off. Uh, and it's and, We've and you got might a as well- high quality of life up here. Aaron. We got the highest quality. We got good school. I'm willing we to pay high taxes school. for my quality of life. And we have low crime. You know, it's good Norwegian values. You've got good communities. I got shut the fuck up. I think Minneapolis is, is one of the worst cities now for crime, for violent crime. No, Minneapolis, no. It's, I, I don't know where you heard. I guarantee it's not because they have the winner effect where you can lay off half the cops because no one commits crime. <laughs> no, I'm being deadly serious. Uh, Chicago, yeah. Uh, Atlanta, Baltimore, Minneapolis doesn't. Besides, our men are pussies. They don't commit crime. Like, oh. oh, you know what I heard? I heard that no, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it was a uh, high end rape crime. That's what I heard. Minneapolis has got one of the higher instances of rape. Okay, good for them. Violent rape. That's what we voted for. I- <laughs> and I've got two daughters. I'm getting the fuck out of Get here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, listen, I'll let you go. It's a beautiful day. Let's go yeah. have some fun out there. Yeah, it's actually nice outside for once. I'm it splitting is. wood today. What are you doing? I'm going to get the motorcycles. Uh, I got one motorcycle up and running. Uh, well, they're both running, but I got to get them out of storage, and I got to ha- drive them up a hill, which because of all the snow, it's almost mud, so you don't want to – I got to wait for it to dry out a bit. So I'm going to wait till this afternoon because it's going to be sunny and dry it out and then get get the heavier motorcycle up over the hill. Um, and then, yeah, I'm going to go for a walk. Uh it's just a day to relax and, and chill out. So I'll probably get some breakfast here, go for a walk. Going to have some ice cream? <laughs> nah, I can't have the ice cream anymore. Uh, we'll probably go for dinner later tonight. I would invite you, but I know you're antisocial. It was, yep. uh, and it's even on the north side, um, huh. but uh, more north than me anyway. Um, but yeah, it's uh, no, it's just going to be another day of of Aaron Clary bliss and. Uh, Maybe play some Zelda later on tonight, but yeah, just uh, hang out and we'll have a fantastic Minnesota spring day. I will. This one nice day we have. Right. <laughs> I will see you later, DT. Yeah, see ya. Thanks for having me. Yep. Yeah, bye.